What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another dope edition of Define Your Legacy. I'm your host, Theus Elijah McBee. And before we tap into today's episode of Define Legacy, just want to shout out the online store for Define Legacy, which can be found at the link in the description of this episode. All right, we have t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, and a whole lot more. All right, so feel free to check out the link in the description of this episode. All right, and just like that, we're going to jump right into today's guest. We have Bree on the show. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate you for pulling up on the show. Um, so if you could, right, just introduce yourself and tell uh, the world the value that you provide. All right. Well, we just bonded on having complicated names. My name is Brittany, which is the, the name of my you know screen name, Brittany Like Penny. Um, a little bit about myself, you say. So I'm a flight attendant. That's kind of where you found me at. Um, my flight attendant travel page that I have, which is what I mainly focus on, travel and lifestyle for the most part. Um, I live in Texas, been here all my life and just got married not too long ago. So that's a new milestone that I'm getting used to. (laughs) And then um, it's really it, I guess, like a fun fact, I have eight siblings. So that's something that happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't, you don't hear that uh, every day. Well, congratulations on on the recent uh, marriage. Definitely congratulations and happy for you on that end. Um, But how did you get started? being uh, a flight attendant how, how did that all kind of come about my journey to becoming a flight attendant was completely a fluke like um I graduated college and I went to school for um public relations and I wanted to do sports marketing that was my goal I was going to do sports marketing but I went to where I went to school became very toxic so I was like I gotta get the hell out of there so I came back home so all my connections that I built up were at back where I went to school, which was uh, UT San Antonio. So in San Antonio. So when I got home, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to grind and do my thing, like become a sports marketer. But it was so hard <laughs> because I was also a student athlete and my coach did not allow us to work. So I had no internships. I had no nothing. So going to these interviews, people were like, well, what you've been doing for four years? I'm like running. <laughs> like that's a thing. I don't know what to tell you. I was like, it was either get a job or lose my scholarship. So it was like, I didn't have any experience. So I hit the pavement and was like, let me just find a job. When I tell you I applied everywhere, 7-Eleven, McDonald's, Cheddar's, <laughs> I could not find a job. It was crazy. And this is, I graduated in 2013. So I had a little graduation party and my neighbors who have been flight attendants for like 30 plus years now um, gave me this big old like envelope. And I'm like, wow, this got a lot of money in it. It's thick. It's going to be good. And then uh, when I opened it, it was an application. And I was like, what, what is this? And they're just like, well, we always thought you'd be perfect, but with track and everything, like we knew you couldn't do it. And we're finally hiring because they hadn't hired since 9-11. And I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm going to try to, I went to school for four years. Let me try to give you this. Uh, hell, maybe even three months later, <laughs> I still didn't have a job that I wanted. And I very drunkenly applied. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. And I did it as like, a, no one else will hire me. I might as well. What does it look like someone giving me the opportunity and me not even filling it out? So I did it. But then as I learned about it and as I went through this, it's three interviews that you have to go through, basically. So after I went through all that, I was like, wow, I started to really want the job. And I was like, oh, if I don't get this job, I think I'm gonna cry. It was like the first job that I wanted that I was like, all right, this could be me. This could be my new thing since 
everything else I planned failed. Mm. And so how, how does that kind of feel, you know, to know that the one thing, like the last thing that you thought about even applying for ended up working out? Do you feel like, like it was kind of meant to be? Exactly. That's what I always tell people. Cause um, they, when I graduated the flight Academy, they tell you that becoming a flight is, I don't know if it's like that now, cause we're hiring a lot of people now. <laughs> but when I first started, they said getting a job as a flight attendant was like the equivalent to getting accepted into Harvard. It was really hard. And I was like, wow, that made me feel really accomplished. But then I also thought it was like BS. Cause you know, you're just saying something nice to make everyone. But then I've had people apply. I've made several friends have asked me um, to do it. Hell, my sister applied several times and she got rejected each time. So it did make me feel like, oh, well, I must have something that's special when everyone else was telling me, no, 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 no. This person said yes. So mm-hmm. it did feel good. It's a sense of pride that I do have in being a flight attendant. How many times did you apply? One. Mm-hmm. One and Five. done. Five. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think, like knowing everything you know now, what do you think could uh, boost someone's chances of actually getting it when they uh, really apply? Who? um... I honestly, I believe since I didn't really care, that was actually better for me. A lot of people, like, um, I, I, when I went to my flight training, people, you know, you, they asked, what's your story? Kind of like what we just did now. What's your story? What made you do it? And a lot of people become a flight attendant, in my opinion, because they always dreamed of it. There's a lot of people that were in class. Um, I had a friend who was from Thailand and he was like, every time he looked up at the sky, he was like, that's where I'm supposed to be. And so he applied like to four or five different airlines and didn't get it. And the one that I work at was his third shot. Like it was like stories like that or stories like um, big life changes. Like, oh, I just got out of a really bad relationship or a 10, 15 year divorce or um, unfortunately a lot of men that uh, let's just say were very controlling with their wives and stuff like that. So wives that were still controlled for so many years that's the first thing they did was apply to become a flight attendant. So um, with me, I feel like I did a lot of research because I thought the neighbors, I thought since I knew them, I had it in the bag, but it doesn't matter who, it's not one of those jobs where like, you're like, oh yeah, hire her. She's really good. They have no control. They can literally like write their name on something. Now they didn't have that when I first started. Now, if someone was to apply, I could probably like write something. But um, they didn't have that before. So I thought, oh, I got it because of them. And they were like, no, we can't do anything. (laughs) It's nothing. It's not about who you know. Um, So like, do you want to talk about like the process? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it, yeah. So um, some updated information. I've been a flight attendant for almost nine years now. So it's different now. Um, But you send an application. You go to like the careers page, you send an application. And then after the application, they would send you a link to do a virtual interview and kind of like what we're doing now. So it would be a prompt. And then like you'd be sitting and you'd be like, well, I think, you know, you'd be saying it. So when I did that, the advice I always give people is just to look clean. Um, At the time, they didn't want a whole bunch of makeup. They didn't want like a whole bunch. It was very. um, I don't know, like you would say first wife presidential. That's what I want to say, like pearls really like clean kind of aesthetics. Um, and then after that, um, you would get the in-person interview, which is wherever you are. Um, so I actually work um, in Dallas. 
that's where the headquarters is. So like wherever you would work or wherever you live, they would fly you into the headquarters and you would have the personal interview, which is actually a group interview. There were like 15, 20 other people in there. And I actually Googled a whole bunch of stuff on like Glassdoor and things like that in YouTube and just broke down a lot of stuff. And so what everyone was saying from there is that they're just looking for genuine, nice people, Mm. but not like over the top people like, oh my gosh, I bought everyone muffins. Would you like one? Like, not like that. More like just someone dropped something and you picked it up or you saw that someone was looking lonely in the corner. You went to go talk to them. That's what like they literally talked about on all those things that I researched. Hmm. So, I mean, I like to think I'm just a genuine person, which is why I like the job. I don't have to pretend a lot of times. Um, so I just was in there being myself, um, talking to people, not talking to people, just, I didn't really have to try really hard to be there. Um, they put us in some group app, group activities, which was kind of like what you would do, like first day of school icebreakers, like three truths and a lie, things like that. But they were looking for like people who could work together, leadership. Did you just steal everything and start writing stuff down? Did you talk to everyone? Um, but what really got me and the one advice that I did get from my neighbor, cause they said they couldn't give me no advice was answer the question. So like right now we're having an interview. So I'm going all over the place, right? Cause it would be a pretty dry conversation if I didn't embellish and talk, right? But what they wanted were people who could follow directions because flight attendants, our first thing is safety. It's not giving y'all strength. It's making sure that y'all make it safe. So you have to be able to follow directions and orders. So uh, when you had the group interview, it'd be like, three administrators and then like five people on the other side and they would give you a card and they like read your card and answer it. And I remember, actually remember two of my questions. One of my questions was um, in the last job that you had, what was something that you did in your like everyday position that you remember that made someone's life change or like made someone happy? And I remember this one girl was talking about, she was a crossing guard Another one was talking about how she was a banker and it wasn't like I'm a banker and my job is usually this. And so I remember doing this for this one woman named Sharon and blah, 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 blah. It was kind of how I'm talking to you now, going all around the world and then getting to the point at the end. So I remember when I did it, I said, I worked at this store. I don't know, some of your viewers, if they're not old enough or live in Dallas, they're not going to know. But it was a store in the mall called Booyaka. <laughs> it was oh, my- what? <laughs> it was called Booyaka. Oh. <laughs> even saying it makes me laugh. It was my <laughs> first job in high school at our mall, and we only had like three of them in the Metroplex. But it was called it was a clothing store. It was called Booyaka. And so I was like, okay, I was a fitting room girl at Booyaka. And I, you know, every day it's just, oh yeah, that looks nice. That looks nice. But there was this woman who was going on her first date. And I was in high school. I'd never been on like a fancy date where you dressed up. So I was like really into it, but I didn't say all that. Of course I said, I was the fitting room attendant. There was a woman who's going on her first date. Um, I helped her find some pieces. I could tell she was anxious. And at the end of the day, she, when she left, she was really excited. And she even came back to show me that she had a second date thanks to my clothes. And she wanted me to pick out her second date outfit. And it made me feel good because it was like she was very anxious when she first came in and then I made her at ease. And then the second time when she came in, she was so happy and pleased with me that she just, you know, we just talked the whole time. That was it. And when 
that was over. Um, you're all, you're all sitting in the room and they're making you sweat because they're calling people one at a time to leave. Hmm. Like, oh crap. And I do remember on one of the websites, it said, pay attention to which way they're taking people because they're taking everyone who got it one way and they're taking everyone who didn't get it the other way. And that if you're escorted to the door, they're going to basically say, don't call us, we'll call you, but they're not going to call you. <laughs> like it's it, it's done. If you go and you get fingerprinted, that's your next stop. Like you, you made it. So that, so everyone that I'm thinking is amazing is going to the right. And I'm like, okay, okay, to the right. So that's the place, that's the place. And I'm just sitting there trying to smile, trying to look nice. And then they called my name and they took me to the left. And I was like, oh, okay. So but someone also said like, don't look defeated. Like talk about the, the new, talk about everything. Like maybe they'll change their mind, whatever. So I'm just talking like, oh, da, 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 da. well, the new campaign that y'all had out is really cool. Well, well, and where they're taking me, there's literally a door to the exit and like the door where they do fingerprinting, which I didn't know. So I'm like, all right, well, you have a nice day. I really enjoyed my interview. And I walked away towards the exit. And they're like, where are you going? And I was like, I didn't get the job. I'm going to the left. And they were like, no, fingerprinting's right here. We love you. I said, me? What? Oh, my gosh. And, I just and it's just me with, like, pearls. And everything. Looking all posh the whole time. Yes, yes, yes. Like, doing all and the lady was like looking at us like, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's like it's almost like you had to uh what control your emotions, even though obviously you were happy and thrilled. You I didn't probably, think you didn't think that, you know, you were <laughs> you were getting selected. Mm-mm. It was it was really like that's why I say my whole journey to it was very like, what? Like I couldn't believe that it was happening. Um, because by then I really wanted it. Like, but then I really wanted it. So like, you know, I did my fingerprinting and, you know, that was it. But even um, a lot of stuff has changed though. So like my hair is blonde and natural. I was natural then. Um, that was back when I was transitioning. And so I was straightening my hair a lot still. So I had like, got me a birthday weave and I had it pulled back <laughs> into like a really cute bun and it was straight. Um, but being a black person in corporate, professional, whatever, you know, there's a little different boundaries for us. So um, when I was in my interview, I made sure to ask, is this going to be a problem? And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, my hair is blonde. It's obviously not the color it grows out. Is it going to be a problem? Um, And she was like, no, no, no. And I just kind of looked at her. (laughs) She was just, she was a white woman, but she kind of like, you know, you could tell the question kind of took her back. And I was like, I really need to know because I'm not trying to get there and get pressured into having to do something to it. So I need to know, is this going to be a problem so I can fix it now? And she said, okay, well, I'm being honest with you. And this is something that I think all companies do for the most part. When you first get there, you're on probation for six months. And so on probation, you're on probation. And so you do not belong to the union for six months. So basically you got to be on your P's and Q's for six months because if you fuck up, it's on you. (laughs) You can't like, the union can't do nothing for you so she said for six months you're on probation on probation you have to be on your p's and q's she said she looked at my my resume she's like it says that you live in dallas do you plan to like stay because you get like loud lodging and stuff do you plan to stay there and i was like no i'll probably just go home because i have a job and she was like okay um this is going to sound unorthodox she said are you opposed to wearing a wig and i was like what 
and I didn't wear wigs. You know, that was when wigs were weird. Like, you know, didn't nobody want to wear wigs. <laughs> and she was like, your hair is beautiful. You have a job on your own. You live in Dallas. Like, you know, this is your home. Just get a wig and wear it during training hours and then be yourself afterwards and do that. Months. Is that even legal? Are you allowed what? to, like, to, to uh, tell someone, like, you know, you should probably get a wig or, like, like well, is that she, not... she definitely said it's off the record, but she was just helping me. Oh, okay. Because, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, because when you get, when you hear what, like, flat to the training is not for the weary. <laughs> it is actually really hard. I told someone, um, I've never pledged. I told someone I would feel like it was kind of like pledging or like basic training for the army because it's a lot of, um, you know, being told what to do, being told how to dress. Um, like we had this, we called her the hairspray Nazi. She would come around and spray her hair for flyaways, hair that doesn't look like it's, you know, that just came out. So you see her, you just see this hairspray and she'd be pulling it back or you don't have enough blush on or oh, your nails, your cuticles are bad. You need to make sure that you, your, your paint's chipping. Make sure you paint your nails. Um, the guys, they had to go, they had to shave their face like every two days. Like you had to be clean cut. Like we were like little little Barbies <laughs> kids walking around. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's, it's sounded like dolls kind of thing. It, the way it's, it's, it really was. And it was like, because um, you were required to wear if you like, if you got like, this was a no, I have purple nails. It was a no. It had to be like a cream color. I forgot. I think red was loud because we were American. Red, friendships, something like that. But it couldn't be colors. Um, it could only be a certain length. Um, your hair, like I could, I think I could wear, my, I couldn't wear my hair like this because hair was out in the front. It had to like, your ponytail had to be like, if you had your ponytail out, it couldn't like go past right here. So they would have like rulers for people's ponytails or else you had to like put your hair in a bun. Rulers is kind of crazy. It was crazy. But think about like when you're, I mean, it makes sense, but not to the extringent things. It was almost like they were treated like this and they treated us like this, you know, like the whole. Oh, I get it. I get it. Cycle. Yeah. That's how I felt like it was. Um, but uh, it was, I'm not gonna lie. It was really hard for people of color in general and not just when I say people of color not just black people it was like other people like um had a girlfriend who is I don't know what nationality she is but um where you know piercings and stuff mm -hmm. but like um Persian kind of nationality so it's a religious thing mm -hmm. so she would have to fight for that every single day for like seven and a half weeks but it's in her documents like it's religious, like shut the fuck up, you know? Right. But she had to fight for that all the time. Um, so anyway, back to the wig though. Um, so I went about this little cheap wig. I called her Janet. She had bangs, <laughs> put her in a little bun, whatever. And it did feel really good because then like everyone else, they had to change who they were a lot of times to be there. But then I had, I was doing like promo modeling. I could take it off, shake my hair out and go home, which was really refreshing. But I remember I had, the lady also told me, make sure I wear my hair, like my hair for picture day so that my ID looks like me. And she, in that way, you'll at least get to see what they would say. And if you have really cool instructors, maybe they won't say anything. So then throw the wig away, you know? So I was like, okay. So I came 
my hair was straight then. I came hair blonde, straight. And I said, okay, I need to know. What about this? Is this okay? And the first day I had this black lady. She was great. She said, and she said the same thing, honestly. She said, she gave you really good advice. She said, because it's hard out here for us. That's what she said. And she said, um, hair is gorgeous. She said, but they will make you diet if you keep it out. She said, so, um, so don't just, just, I would, I would advise to wear it. And I was like, okay. So I showed her the wig, I showed her the picture. I said, so this is okay. Everything's okay. And she was like, yeah, everything's good. And I was like, okay. So that's like your image. Like, it's like this whole thing where they take you to image and they look over your image and they tell you what to fix basically. And that was my first time you go see him a second time. Well, she was just like, she was there, but she was there. Like, you know, you do both. You do this like a special assignment and then you go back to flying. So she was only there for special assignment. She went back to flying. The second time I had this bitch. <laughs> I had this lady. <laughs> I had this lady. How you ask after? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to start. No, you good. You good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this, you saw it brought back memories. I had this lady. And she sat me down and I made sure I asked everything I needed. So it'd be in my record already. So she sits so she looks at me up and down and she's just like, I mean, yeah, your, your hair is too long. You need to cut. And if you don't have a cut by the end of the day, um, you're going to get cut yourself. And I was like, what's too long about my hair? And she's like, your bangs, your bangs are too long. They have to be shorter or, you, you know, and they used to say that because we'd be in class from like, class range from 5 a.m. to noon or 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. or it would range so like there's nowhere to get your hair cut so they would do that to like mess with you and, and I was like oh, I'm sorry go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm like are you sure my hair is too short like is it in the you 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 read my record right she's like yeah it doesn't matter what your record said like your hair is too short so I pulled the wig back and I was like well is that better she was like I was like, if you read my record, you know, I said, I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> like, and you just had to mess with me. So for her, my bangs were too long. And I asked her, how did you read the record? She was like, yeah. So I pulled it back. I said, is that better? Like, they're short now. And she was like, she had it in for me the whole rest of it. <laughs> and she did not like me. Is it not crazy, though, that, you know, you and I'm sure other people have to go through all of that though, like, cause that's, that's the part of your identity, right? Mm -hmm, it is, but just like, I think it's crazy cause it definitely is. It's crazy to an extent, like you said, the, the, the spraying and the, 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 the length. So in their eyes, of course, cause even, even flying since I've flown has changed. It used to be flying used to be a luxury, right? It used to be something that like everyone didn't get to do. It was luxury travel. If you think back to like Pan Am and all that, it was, you know, pristine girls. And, you know, flight attending has changed over the years. Um, Cause again, I didn't know none of this because I just jumped into it. But like they used to, they used to weigh you. It was like wrestling. You used to have to be a certain weight to be a flight attendant. And if you were too big, you couldn't make be it. And they would weigh you randomly. And if you were too big, they gave you a certain amount of time to lose weight. It was a very vain career. For a long time. So and it's like you're a boxer. Yeah, it's still like in other countries. It's just that it's illegal to do that in the U.S. <laughs> so they can't. 
but that's what being a flight attendant was all about. It was all about vanity, your looks. I mean, men weren't allowed to be flight attendants for the longest because it was a girl thing. Like rich men wanted pretty girls, not men, you know? So that's just like what you got with the career, but with it, like changing your identity, that's why I was like, it had to be like, if I had to change too much, I don't think I could have done it. I think if that woman hadn't given me the advice, the, you know, the, the sidebar advice to get a wig, I don't think I would have been able to do it because like when I dyed my hair blonde, it was a part of like a new identity kind of thing, like a fresh start. When I was again in college, our coach did now not allow us to dye our hair. We were not allowed to. <laughs> you sign something saying, if it is not your God-given color, don't do it basically. So I dyed my hair the day after I graduated and went back to his office and was like, you like it? He was like, yeah, you're not my student anymore. It looks great. It looks great on you. That color is great. I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> but I quit that for four years. I was already in this stringent program for four years on stuff I couldn't do. Like I couldn't pledge. I couldn't dye my hair. I couldn't get tattoos. I could like, he was really strict, but it was like either my education or do this. So I think it's because I was already in that mindset. It's kind of easier. So like when she, she wouldn't advise me to get that wig. I don't think I could have did it because mm -hmm. I saw people that they were like, I had a friend of mine who got his hair cut. You know, it's, it was kind of edgy. Like it was a nice cut, but it was edgy. And they said, your hair is too, they said, I think their hair is too on trend or too edgy. Like, you know, it needs to be like this. And so he was like, okay. So he got it cut. He went to the barber and got it cut like, a normal style I don't know how to say it yeah and just like we had a first round of people who were a lot of minorities so they were giving it to us real and then the second round like I said with the lady that I told you was mean to me was nothing but white people and they I don't know if it's because they didn't they couldn't understand or they couldn't relate but they were so straight laced they were so like this is what it is or not and so he was like, well, I went to the barber, the barber that was suggested to me. And I said, I'm, I'm at training. I need it to look like a training haircut, like whatever. And it's what they gave me. And he was like, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't get it fixed in the next you know, day or so, you out. And luckily we had like, we had some of the most compassionate, like when I talk about my trainers that I had, people are like, back then trainers weren't like that. We had some really good trainers. So our trainers got through a lot of our work that day. Like almost all of our work, he got through it really quickly so that he could take him to the barber to get his haircut. Hmm. But a lot of trainers were like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's it. So I was also really blessed timing. Like you said, timing. I was really blessed to have the trainers that I had. I was really blessed to get in the time that I got in. But I do hear that a lot of stuff's changed now. Like, again, I graduated at the academy in 2014. So now when I first started, you weren't allowed, like it literally said, of course, you couldn't wear locks. You couldn't have locks. But now you got a lot of people with locks. You have a lot of people with tattoos. Like at first it was like, you couldn't have tattoos on your arm. You couldn't have tattoos that would show. But now it's like, it's like they can't discriminate against that anymore. So people can have tattoos, but they have to have, they have to wear long sleeves. If they have like a sleeve, you just can't wear the short sleeve. Um, yeah. I Seen anyone come in with like being discriminated against their hair color or anything like that um, makeup 
you know, you've seen all these YouTube things. People wear their makeup on any way they want. I haven't seen anyone in trouble for having wild makeup. So I think it's definitely changed since then. So so let me ask this, right? Because obviously now being, you know, receiving that advice from either trainers and going through the whole process now to actually being a flight attendant, what would you say um, are the pros and the cons of being a flight attendant? Um, well, right now the cons are the customers. I'm just going to be real. Um, we have, you have the sweetest customers, you have the nicest customers, and then you have the most horrible customers all in the same day. It used to be like, you might like be like certain locations. Like I swear, if you Google anything about Miami airport, you're going to have some crazy stuff go on. Okay. So it was like Miami LaGuardia. No, Miami JFK. No, Miami Atlanta. Hell no. Like you not, there are certain places that you kind of know you don't want to touch. Right. But now with, um, again, think the times have just changed with the really low fares, you know, $30 tickets, which I never find. Wait a so, minute. What? Okay. What? Well, either. So people keep Where saying my airplane for $30 and where are they going? Thank you. Because I don't know anything about it, but that's what everyone keeps saying. Like I've had customers come on and be like, Oh yeah, I got this ticket last minute for like $40, $40 where? Because oh, yeah. when I'm for a ticket, it's 200, it's 300. You know, you I'm, I'm, I have another question off that, but I'm gonna let you get into the pros first, because that sounds a little outrageous that people are buying tickets to get on a, a plane. <laughs> There are bus tickets yes. across more than that. So, um, but yeah, what, what, what would you say uh, are pros, I guess, of being a flight attendant? What, what, what are some things that people could look forward to uh, um, being a flight attendant? Of course, it's the travel. That's why any of us do it. It's the, um, the opportunity to see the world, to do things, because um, it doesn't even really matter. Okay, it does matter. It does matter the company that you choose because they have different routes. So like, Delta. Delta flies to Africa. You know, you can go to Johannesburg. Um, where else do they fly? I don't know. Um, American, we're just starting to get into Africa, like Morocco, but we don't have like Africa. I think, I don't think Delta flies to Kenya yet, but they fly there. But like Southwest doesn't do any international. So if you got to fly with Southwest, you won't be doing any international on your planes. However, you can fly on other airlines which what we call like a Z rate, which is like still not full price. You're still not, you're still um, standby, but you're just a lower priority. So because if I want to go to London and I'm on my metal, my American Airlines flight, then it's like, okay, you're high priority versus like a Southwest flight attendant, they're all going to be lower priority because it's not their metal. It's not their company, but they can still travel the world, you know? Yeah, but so do you do you get to choose which airline? Like, and I don't know if this was something you did in the beginning, but like, do you choose specifically what airline you want to like uh, be a flight attendant for, or do they kind of do it automatically? Are you inserted into like a pool, if you will? Oh no, you're actually applying to that company. Okay. And so you would go to like pick an airline you want to fly to their career page, and then click if they're hiring. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you so you go through the training first, and then you choose. Uh, American or Delta or whoever you choose first and then you get picked for that place and you go through their training so like when I applied American gotcha and when other 
apply, let's say they applied to Southwest Delta and American, they might have applied to all three and only got accepted at one. Okay. Okay. Ah, all right. Choose the airline first. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Uh, there's, there's, there's scams about pe people being trained to be a flight attendant. Kind of how, like what you said, it doesn't work that way. So, so viewers, it does not work that way. Do you, you, you apply for the job that you want at the place that you want. Don't fall for these places saying, oh, we can train you to be the best flight attendant. That's not how it works unless you're doing private flight attending. Like the, the, the corporate flight attending, they do stuff like that. Hmm. If you want to fly commercial, you apply to the actual place directly and you do their training. Every other training doesn't count. Got you. So I, I know you mentioned, obviously, you know, you were a student athlete um, at college. But let me ask you this. Um, mm -hmm. Do you need a college degree to become a flight attendant? No. You don't. Um, don't quote me. I wish I, I wish I knew, but I don't think, I think they just changed it to where you don't have to be 21, but I think you had to at least be turning 21 by the time you graduated the academy because yeah. you handle liquor. Ah, good point. You know, good, good point. So, you know, so you mentioned the word scam, which obviously gets tossed around every now, you know, every day nowadays. Um, but so let, let's, uh, let's take it from the top then. So hopefully someone can avoid that mm -hmm. situation so if someone came to you right and they wanted to become a flight attendant right let, let, let's take it from the top what, what what would be some general steps watch this video right that's yeah your first. <laughs> watch this <Follow>. okay. yeah. <laughs> and then and then what what where, where would you send them like what what's the next step of taking that initiative of truly becoming um a flight attendant well, first thing you need to do is you need to research the companies that you're applying for. Okay. Companies, as in like, I would, I wish I did this. I would have researched companies and seen like how people like the company because you go through a lot to get there and not like it, you know? Yeah. And, and to be clear, my apologies, but then to be clear by companies, you mean airlines, right? Airlines, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you just want to make sure everyone knows that, okay, by company, you mean airline. All right, so let's say yeah. you research, right, um, the airlines that you want to uh, partake in, right? So um, let's just, right, let's just use me as an example, okay? okay. Um, let's say the airline is airline uh, R or airline T. I, I, I won't use a specific name because I don't want to give any airline, you know, extra clout, but airline okay. T, right? You know, my name starts airline T. Um, okay, so I look up airline T. Um, is there anything I'm looking for specifically or? You would just go to careers first to see if they're hiring because mm -hmm. sometimes they will close and open hiring things and they don't usually keep them up for long because people want the job. Okay. But um, what I would do is I didn't do this, so I can't really give exact things, but you know, like people come and talk to me on social media all the time. Hey, I want to be a flight attendant. What do I do? So I actually tell people, but you work for this company. How is it? I would probably just look up the hashtag and send a message to someone who works at the, another airline that I'm applying to. Like, I'm really thinking about applying. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Is it really hard? Is it easy? Is it stuff like that? So that would be something I would do. Um, I would research um, YouTube, just research, you know, flight attendant questions, flight attendant pros and cons, just research, just get it all in your head. That would be the first thing I do. The second thing I would do is, I would have to really decide if I wanted to live at home. And I say that because the company I work for has a Dallas base. So I was good. 
I didn't, I didn't have no money. I just graduated college. I wasn't trying to live <laughs> somewhere else, mm. but there's a Dallas space. So let's say you apply to Delta. They don't have a Dallas space. So if you wanted to stay in Dallas, you have to make sure before you apply that you would be okay to go into one of their bases. So maybe look up these airlines and where their hubs are. Hubs, bases, they're interchangeable, just like where they, you know, it's their stuff they fly out of. So I know Delta has like Atlanta, Minneapolis, Detroit, New York, you know, things like that. They're on this side of the world. They're not really on the West side. So yeah, think about that because graduate, they're just going to give you your assignment and ship you off. It's not up to them to help you find an apartment. It's not up to them to help you do nothing. You got a certain amount of time to get your stuff together and then you go to work. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Nice. So um, you got to be ready for that. Um, so I would look up that. This is all even before applying, in my opinion. Um, then let's say you did apply. Okay, you applied. That's cool. Some airlines have paid training and some people don't. So like my airline did not do paid training. Oh. Yeah. So you are volunteering. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> It's true. So you were volunteering. And then I didn't know that because I like I only applied to this one place because my neighbors worked at. I didn't apply to several places. So I didn't know that. I was just I thought everyone did that. So when I found out I could have got paid, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Because, again, I just got out of college. I had no money. (laughs) So I was excited to get paid. So um, some people don't have paid training. So if you're not in the position to not do paid training, don't apply to not pay training places. However, if you feel like you could hustle and save so that you have money, you know, cause think about it. If you're a trainee, you still gotta pay your rent. You still gotta pay your bills. So you need to think about that because you, you could be screwed if you, you know, go somewhere like that. Um, and then lastly, I would just say, um, this is, you can do the training thing, you know, the money part while you apply to it. But lastly, I would just make sure that you know that as a flight attendant, you're kind of the bottom of the barrel, okay? For us, in most places, flight attendants are interchangeable. Even though it takes them six plus weeks to train us, we don't really matter to them as much as, let's say, the pilots, the agents, the mechanics. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but that's, that's where we live in right now. I know you've seen the whole thing about pay us for boarding. So we don't get paid for boarding anything like that. There's a whole bunch of stringence on how you get paid. So from my opinion, when you be a flight attendant, you're doing it because you want to travel. You're doing it because you want to see the world. You're doing it because you, um, you know, you enjoy people. You might not be the best people person. You got to like people a little bit to be a flight attendant. <laughs> but um, that's really why you're doing it. And you basically dealing with corporate America without really being in corporate America. Cause we don't have like, you know, no one's on the plane watching us all the time. Like you would at a desk job, you know? So you just have to kind of, it's a, it's a weird job to have, but it's a cool job to have. Mm. My, my, I'm always say that I have a, what do they tell me? I have a, I basically I'm entrepreneur with benefits. That's what they call me <laughs> because you don't really have to follow a lot of rules, but you do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You have to, it's, it's like, it's like a really weird line where like, okay, you need to be at work at this time, but it's not the same time every day. You need to make sure that you check all the emergency equipment every time you get on a plane, because you know, you need it, 
but every plane has different places for their emergency equipment. Mm. It's not a lot of, it's not a lot of um, mundane check mark this, 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 this. But at the same time, it is because as you work and you get used to all the airplanes that you're on, and you get used to all the scenarios. It it almost becomes mundane because your head kind of goes to the Rolodex to like, okay, solve this solution this way, <laughs> solve this solution that way. And then when you get something that shocks you, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you kind of freeze for a second, but then now that's in your Rolodex and it's there for the next time it happens. But what, what, um, like when you're, uh, I guess in these cities and, and you land, how long are you like there? Right. So let's say you're, I don't know, flying from Dallas to my, oh, not Miami because I know you mentioned that airport, but <laughs> Dallas to uh, LA, right? Let's say you, you know you fly yeah. from Dallas to LA. How long, like, are you there for like an hour, like a, a week, a, a couple of days? Like, what's the, do you get to choose? What's, how's that go? So it actually just depends. So um, usually, and I think it's like that for every airline. So usually when you are, we have to bid for our schedule every month. Okay. So like, Excuse me. I'm like a person who like has a nine to five. You know, you're going to your desk nine to five. Us, it's like, okay, let's say I just bid, right? And I'm looking, it's the day to bid and I'm looking for how I want my constraints. I like weekends off. So I'm gonna make sure I have all my weekends off. Um, And that's really my only thing. I want all my weekends off and I want to make sure that I don't do any transcons, which is like, you know, Charlotte to LA or LA to New York. I don't like being on plane that long unless it's international. That's just a me preference. A lot of people like them. So that's really all I'm looking for. I'm really simple. Or if I have any kind of events the next month, like a birthday, anniversary, whatever, I want to make sure I have those days off or have a trip that flies in or takes off before or after, you know? So that's how we fix our schedules. And then the computer, you put all that in there and then you wait three days and then you get a surprise and it's your schedule, basically. (laughs) The computer does all that and so it pre-plots your month with trips so like oh and I also I love two days I don't really like three days so I would put in there that I want two days so with all those constraints and it's based off of seniority too so like there may be a trip that's really senior let's say anything international senior like Sao Paulo even Alaska Hawaii London all that's really senior so usually in Dallas that goes like 20 something years so I really ain't gonna hold that but it, that's how it is. It's, it's, that's a lot, right? So um, with that being said, you spits out your, 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 your monthly schedule and you might have some two days on there. You might have some three days on there. Hell, you might be lucky and have a turn, which is where you go one place, come back and you're done, right? But the computer tells you what you're doing for the most part. So when you look at it, um, I had a trip actually did that on my on my page um, I had a day in the life right and I did a whole three-day trip so my first day I think I remember it my first day was a Monday and I left Dallas and went to I went Dallas Pensacola Pensacola Dallas Dallas New Orleans so that was one day I was going to be out laying over in New Orleans for 18 hours and so then the next day I did New Orleans, Miami, Miami, Newark. That was the second day. On there, it said I was going to be in Newark for 15 hours. And then the last day I would do Newark, Dallas, and I was done. So that's what's on the schedule already. So it's almost kind of, it's, it's, you know, 
I mean, obviously schedule is always mapped out ahead of time, but just the idea of like, you still know, you know, like the, the, the process of it. Right. Yeah. So what, what would you say, I guess, what are, uh, give me a three pieces of advice that you would give to, um, new flight attendants. Um, new flight attendants, I would, the advice I would give you is that it's very hard. Don't let people think that it's easy. It seems easy because you're new and excited. Okay. But you need to know your contract. That's what I tell people. Um, I was very naive and trying to be helpful to the company when I first started out and they abuse you. <laughs> so you need to know your contract, know what they can and can't do to you know what they should and shouldn't do for you, work with your contract because, I mean, we're trying to get more flight attendant rights and stuff, right? So work with your contract. Enjoy traveling. Enjoy traveling. It's the best thing. It's my, like, a big advocate for traveling. It's made me the person I am, all the different places I've gone. However, you have to practice safety. You might be really excited to post on your Instagram that you're in, I don't know, London, and you're walking down this weird alley and you're doing blah, blah, blah. People fetish flight attendants. So don't be like posting stuff because people are looking at that hashtag and you could have a stalker on your hands, you know, like be smart, post things after you leave, <laughs> you know, post things, something like that. Like just be smart. Don't go to that city and tell everyone all your business. I don't ever tell anyone I'm a flight attendant when I'm out of the country and make up something else because I don't want them to know that I have no family ties to where I am. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. So safety. And, you know, third, I would just make sure that you are prepared to, you know, our job is safety. It's not customer service. However, you make people's day sometimes. You know, you make or break someone's day. Someone could be having a horrible time with the gate agent. Someone could have been having, oh, you know, TSA. Someone could have had a horrible time with TSA. And then they come on the plane and they see you smile or you help them, you know, with something that someone else on a different plane thought was you know stupid or something like things that always I always get such thanks for in my opinion are just nice everyday things but sometimes when you're working at an airline people are so obsessed with deadlines and so obsessed with taking off on time and so obsessed with you know the rules and regulations that they made not FAA that they forget that people are human beings hmm. I've had a lot of customers come on I, I mean I had this one lady she came on in tears crying and I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, they're making me put my dress, my wedding dress underneath the plane. And I was like, why? And she was like, they said it won't fit. And I was like, because like every, you, the reason that this is like, what? Because every day gate agents are throwing, they, gate agents let y'all regular passengers get away with everything. They'd be coming out with six, seven bags. They'd be having like three shopping bags. <laughs> They'd be having all sorts of stuff. Or, or a guitar and be like, oh, it'll fit in the closet. Just put it in the closet. Like that happens to us all the time. And you're like a freaking guitar, a freaking guitar. So um, for her to be like, her wedding dress wouldn't fit. We have a closet. You put everything else in the closet, you know? But this one gate agent that day, I don't know what they was going on. I don't know what's going on. But they were just like, nah, you have to like, they wanted her to roll it up and leave it at the door. And oh. they were going to she was in tears. So I was just like, and so I talked to the captain. I went through protocol. I talked to the captain and said, look, there's this woman out here. I put her dress in here. Is that okay? Can I move my bag and put it there? She was like, yeah. And I just put it in there because like we are in customer service still, but like she was just so happy. Like she was in tears. And it was just that little thing that I did that didn't, I didn't have to 
to do anything other than say, here, put it here. It'll still get wrinkled. Is that okay? And she was like, yes. Is it okay? And put it in the closet. And you know what? That, that story right there is actually a good segue into um, <laughs> another question I have for you. And um, it's the final question I have um, okay. for you. And this question, I ask everyone on Final Legacy, right? So when you mention um, your overall story, right, from being a student athlete to all the sacrifices that you had to make, right? Not mm -hmm. um, getting tattoos, not being able to dye your hair, all for the sake of, you know, you, you know, keeping your scholarship, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then um, becoming a flight attendant and sending out the application um, and it being one of your last resorts, the fact that, you know, one of your neighbors, right, gave you the opportunity to start that. Um, the fact that you almost thought that you didn't get the position, right? Yeah. Um, you went, you had to go to the left instead of the, the right. <laughs> And, but then, you know, now years later, it obviously worked out. Um, and then again, fast forwarding um, to the fact that you were able to help um, a woman with her wedding dress. And obviously that's a, the biggest moment really, and, you know, in a woman's lifetime outside of, you know, maybe having children, but like the fact that you played a huge role in that. Um, and the reason why I say all that, because like I said, it leads me to the final question um, that I have for you. And it's a question I ask everyone that's been on Defining Legacy. And that question is, how do you want to be remembered? Wow, that's a really deep question. People just be knowing off the top what they want to do. Um, and that they, they never do at all the other questions that, you know, we ask and talk about. It's just, oh, yeah, bam, it's free-flowing. Of course, well, when that question is asked, it's a, you know, it, it, um, hmm. there's, there's a moment of reflection there, I'll say. Well, okay. Ugh, I don't want to be that person, but it sounds like I'm about to plug myself, which I probably will. Um, so my legacy... When it came to, it's going to be a long-winded question. Crap, I'm sorry. I'm not short-winded. Um, basically, growing up, my parents, we they were um, postal workers, right? So growing up, I, I saw the life I had, and I was like, cool, I'm going to work at the post office. Done. That was it. That's what I said as a little child. I'm going to work at the post office. I kept that mentality up until high school. And then they were like, well, you have to go to college. I said, why? To be a postal service? I have to go to college? So I went to college. I still want to work at the post office. <laughs> post office was actually the first job I applied for and I did not get. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Because my family, we lived comfortably. So I was like, that would be good. So let's just do it. So then going to be a flight attendant, I loved it. So I would have told people that, you know, to be dating and they'd be like, oh, when do you, when, you know, how long you plan to do this? Um, it's a career. I plan to do it until I can't push the cart down the aisle no more. Like that was my thing. I just wanted to be a flight attendant and that was it. But then COVID happened and I got furloughed and everything changed. I was furloughed for like three, four months. And before that, I took a leave because I was taking care of my family, whole bunch of stuff. Right. So here I am now when I thought I'm a flight attendant, that's it. Now I'm like, crap, I got to do something else. And I didn't feel like I was prepared to do anything else. So that's when I started thinking about things and even how you found me on social media I wasn't that person two three years ago like posting and making reels and things like that my friends who are in social media had told me I need to get on this bandwagon a long time ago but I wasn't comfortable talking in front of people I just wasn't so COVID hit me in the butt and I was like well shit let me see if I can do this let me see if I can make some money doing this and let me figure out it took me a year and a half or so to figure out how I wanted to wrap my platform and how I wanted to inspire or help people so I started you know the branding like peony and I do lifestyle and <clears throat> travel because travel is my lifestyle huh tag but then 
I also have like the Real Fake Florist, which is my, my other company that I have. And then I have a podcast with my husband. So now it's more like a hustle, you know, like, and it's also like, but everything I touch, I want it to be great. I don't want it to be like a gimmick. I don't want it to be a commercial. I want it to be very personal. So that I think that's like, you know, part of my legacy is those three things are things I'm focusing right now on to make my legacy. Like um, with my travel page specifically, what gets on my nerves, and this just happened when we went on a trip to Bali, is that everyone wants to be famous now. Like everyone. I don't want to be famous. I really don't. If my face can never be shown again, I would love it. But I know it has to, to get me there, you know? So everyone wants to be famous. So they just kind of put out the same content because they know it worked for one person. So like one thing that's going on right now that really irritates me, and this has to do with my legacy, is Black people in travel. And it's the gimmicks that they're telling people to go places without giving them all the information. So like, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was like this one, it was like, people ask me, I don't know the real thing, but it's like, people ask me, is it safe to travel here? But is it safe in America? You know, because of like, that's like a big thing that's going on everywhere on everyone's things. So they'll have a beautiful atmosphere with a black person and be like, like basically like, why are you asking if it's safe to travel here when it's not safe for us in America? Well, there are a lot of places overseas that are not safe for us either. <laughs> So people need to know that. So like one of the posts that I just posted, I always want people to know like, okay, as a black person, as a black woman, as a solo traveler, as a woman traveler, like there are things you should know, not just because this resort is pretty or not just because you can get on a swing. You know, I wanted them to know stuff. Mm. I don't want it to be just glossy. They need to know the real of what's going on, like how to, how to travel with money, you know, how to do transactions how to do you know credit cards and this 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 like I want that to be told because when you google stuff like that nothing pops up mm. same thing with florals and the you know relationship podcast I don't want it to be like oh 10 ways to have a great relationship how am I supposed to be someone to tell you how to great relationship like I want to talk about our ups and downs I want to talk about the fight that we got in last week and how it can help another person you know so my legacy, in my opinion, has always been to be relatable in everything that I do, to be relatable, to be a person that you can talk to and have a real conversation with. I hope the conversation felt real enough. <laughs> That's like always been my thing is that I want to be that person that I was, was looking for when I was searching for something. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I hear you on that. You know, that's why, as I said to you before we even started recording, there's a reason why the word, you know, business and investing in wealth isn't necessarily in my title, just because the whole point of all this is for people to be able to pause and, you know, and, re and reflect on just what it is ultimately that they're trying to build. Of course, it's still, you know, financial literacy podcast, you know what I'm saying? You mentioned before the whole unpaid and, and volunteering thing. But, <laughs> but at the same time, we, we, we can't deny, right, the impact um, that money has on a person's life, right? There's no working around that. But so it's still um, refreshing to hear just, you know, the overall life goals and why people want to be remembered. But do me a favor, right? So if you could drop uh, your social media, right? right where um, can people find you, um, you know, a website or, or, or again, your ad name, IG, where, wherever it is, right? Where is it um, that people um, can find you? All right. Well, my lifestyle and travel content with comedy is Brianny Like Peony. You can find me on that on Instagram and TikTok. 
And then, as I mentioned, the Real Fake Florist is on Instagram. And then 401 on the Copelands is a podcast. So you can find on all your podcast streamings as well as Instagram and TikTok. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And on the Define Your Legacy front, y'all, of course, make sure you subscribe to Theus Elijah on YouTube. All right. As well as Define Your Legacy on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Define Your Legacy on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, DYL Podcast on Twitter. Theus Elijah on TikTok. You everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> feel like I'm missing one thing, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that's where you can find uh, Define Legacy. Oh, all episodes of Define Legacy drop every Thursday at 8.24 a.m. Eastern, okay? All Define Your Legacy episodes drop every Thursday at 8.24 a.m. Eastern, all right? And if you could, Bree, just leave us um, with some uh, final words, right? Do you have any final words for our lovely uh, audience of Define Your Legacy? Just enjoy traveling and be nice to your flight attendants. <laughs> There you go. You know what? That that's a, that's very important though. In our decisions, as as we conclude this, like be uh-huh. nice to people who have intentions of mm-hmm. being nice to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you might be having a bad day or whatever. But in your case, if you know, why are you upset on a, on a flight? You know, like <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's one no for all because it's one thing to be upset and like okay, damn, I gotta put gas in my car. You know, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know, it's it's one thing to be upset in traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Who the hell wants this in traffic? But you're on a flight. Okay, yeah. you know, so um, yeah, I definitely hear you on that. Okay, so just like that, y'all. Um, again, appreciate you for be for being on the show. Um, but just like that, y'all, another dope edition of Define Your Legacy, and just like that, we gone. Peace.